Welcome to What a Scream, the horror movie podcast where I, your host, Ygrain, chats with a special guest every week about horror films. And in particular, we talk about two films that have to do with a certain subject or topic that I have previously randomly chosen. Now, this week is all about horror from the 1960s. So a time in which it was kind of changing from stuff that was influenced by the nuclear age in the 1950s and kind of becoming more about horror from within our own country, within our own neighbourhood, from people that we already know. The monsters were not gigantic tarantulas and things from outer space. It was our very own next-door neighbour. So this week, my special guest is Will Chichester, and together we are talking about two films, both from the same year, funnily enough, both from 1960. The first one is Psycho, of course, the film produced and directed by Alfred Hitchcock, and the second film is from Italy. This time, it is an Italian gothic horror film called Black Sunday, again from 1960, directed by the Mario Bava in what is his official directorial debut. So I hope you enjoy this week's episode where myself and Will talk about two very different 1960s films. I would like to welcome to the podcast, Will, how are you? I'm good, thank you. Yourself? Yeah, I'm grand, yeah. Um, We have just recording just after Easter. So how was your Easter break? It was all right, actually. I've I've been home alone. I've got four children, and um, but they've been away for Easter because I had to work. So I've been home and packing in quite a few films, which is a rare for me. Nice. Anything of particular standoutedness? We finally got round to seeing um, Titan. Okay, right. Right. And what did you think of that? <laughs> I, I, I liked it. It's a lot. It is, isn't it? But, um, it's a lot. Yeah, but I did enjoy it. Well, okay. enjoy is maybe not the word, but yeah, it was, yeah, it's good. And so yeah. I finally got on to seeing that and I did some rewatches of stuff. So, yeah. Because yeah. my partner is not a massive horror fan. So right. when I take the opportunity... Yeah, same, like when my partner is away for the night, it's always like, quick, let's get in as many horror films as possible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so for anyone that doesn't know you, would you like to introduce yourself and let us know what you do? Yeah, I'm a film fan in general. Um, so during lockdown, I started getting more active in speaking to people on podcasts and things. I'm a chef is my main job, um, do a chef in. But yeah, so I just started speaking to people on Twitter like yourself and other people and that's how I started doing a few podcasts and things. So yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, so how did you get into horror and what was the first horror film you ever saw? Probably the first proper horror experience of being scared by something was mm. Ghost Watch. Okay, right, yeah, <laughs> yeah, because I remember watching it go out live, so I yeah. would have been quite young and being absolutely terrified, yeah, but enjoying it. So, yeah, yeah Ghost Watch was my first real experience of watching anything that really got me scared, yeah, that I remember. 
grown up yeah. scared. Yeah. But yeah, I've always been into horror. It's always been my go-to. Yeah. Uh, Ghostwatch is one of my favourite, uh, like, supernatural kind of films. And it's great to talk yeah. to someone who saw it when it actually aired and to yeah. have that experience. Like, it must have been terrifying. It was. I, I, I must have been really young, but I remember us all sitting down to watch it. And uh, my brother, who's two years younger than me, so he would have been even younger. I don't think my parents were fully prepared to, for what it was. We mm. just knew it was going to be. But I remember absolutely thinking it was real. Yeah, of course. Absolutely. And, um, yeah, I remember the, the scene with Pipes vividly yeah. when you see him in the corner, like hiding. Yeah. And when people say hiding behind a cushion, I, I was yeah. in a magazine and I was hiding behind a peeping yeah. over. And, um, yeah, it was terrifying. Absolutely yeah. terrifying. So smart, though. So smart. Oh, absolutely. But, like, I've rewatched it several times since. I managed to get hold of the DVD. And it's, it is one for anyone who hasn't seen it. Like, oh, yeah. watch Ghost Watch. Oh, yeah. yes. And it still holds up. Absolutely. And it's just made even more kind of like you wouldn't have guessed that it was uh, fiction because of the fact that, you know, they had all these TV personalities doing it. And it was just like, even watching now, it's hard to tell that it's like fiction. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And the fact that it was, yeah, and like um, Craig Charles yeah. was like, you would have never have put him. It, it makes complete sense that he would be the outside yeah. broadcaster doing. Yeah. And yeah, it, yeah. And what's great about it is they're all really good as well. Yeah. They all pull it off superbly. Like Parkinson's yeah. great. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, so for anyone who hasn't seen Ghostwatch, go watch Ghostwatch. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so let's chat a little bit about our theme for today, which is 1960s yes. horror. Um, now, how did you feel when I broached you with this subject? Yeah, so when you when you first said about 1960, it was a bit, oh, I'm not sure. Because I, I wasn't sure what, but then when I started looking at the films, you realise mm. how many classics are from there. Mm-hmm. There's certain films I hadn't put in the 1960s bracket. I maybe right. thought they were a bit later and not, yeah. and then realising they were the 60s. But yeah, so when, when I started looking into it and thinking about film to watch, yeah, uh, talk about, yeah, surprised now what a, such an influential period it was. Yeah, I mean... For me, it's one of those eras that I wouldn't have said I'm particularly into, which I still think I'm not particularly into. I'm more of like the yeah. 70s horror, like 1970s yeah. is my jam. Um, but I do understand that the 1960s is when a lot of monumental horror films were made that went on to have like this lasting legacy in horror as a genre. Um, so where do you think this brand of horror specifically from the 1960s, came out of what kind of cultural happenings were going on at the time to produce such a brand of horror? Well, yeah, it wasn't until, like I said, when I started reading about it again, because I hadn't thought about the 1960s as, like, 80s is my thing, Mm -hmm. because I love the 80s. So I hadn't really thought about the 60s. 70s a little bit, but 80s is my, my era. Because I was born in '82, not that I can mention that too much because it <laughs> makes me feel old. But yeah, so the '80s, '80s, '90s was my era. But then, yeah, reading into it, you can see where the certain things come. And the, excuse me, um, yeah, so the change in there was definitely in the '60s, definitely more the 
more extremer elements coming through. And I had never realised that the Night of the Living Dead and things, which are obviously yeah. commentaries on things that were happening, like mm. the Vietnam War and things were happening at the time. So, yeah, I hadn't realised what an influential and, like, what was going on in the 60s. Yeah. I mean, especially in America at the time, they'd kind of gone from the 1950s horror, which was all invasion of outer space or invasion of the weird creature that kind of represented their fear of the, you know, Russia and like from outside of America. Whereas in the 1960s, it became very much scared of the everyday man, of the everyday person and this kind of paranoia um, of your neighbor. Um, which kind of reflects in one of the films we're going to talk about. Um, and also it was at a time when the Hayes Code was slowly easing up so they could start showing more violence and sexuality. Yeah, I mean, the, the, there was The Haunting as a film I, I'd seen mm. recently and hadn't realised that was a, not really thought about it as a 60s, cause it, I, but yes, yeah, a film I saw recently uh, because, it's, again, people say how what a big film it is in horror, Mm. And there's elements of even that, which is not particularly, there's nothing particularly um, horrific in the sense of like the change in it, but there's the the sexuality element in that Mm. because I hadn't realised the the two female characters. So even that kind of thing was, there was definitely a progression coming in. Yeah. Even with simpler, which is just a whole house film. But you can see that haze code getting more lenient. Yeah. Um, and I guess this kind of nicely leads us on to our first film, because if we're going to talk about horrific and violent films in the 1960s, I think this is the pinnacle of that. So would you like to introduce your choice for this week's episode? Yeah, I've gone with Psycho, Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho. Um, yes, when you said about the 1960s, I, I love Psycho anyway. Mm-hmm. It is one of my one of my favourites, because it, it is brilliant. So, yeah, I've yeah. gone for Psycho. Office worker, Marion Crane, Ke- uh, um, decides to, um, she's sick of her lot in life and decides to embezzle uh, $40,000 from her employer and go on the run to meet with her um, her lover. And on route, she stops at the, the Bates Motel where she meets... Norman, who lives in the house next to the motel with his um, overbearing mother. Mm-hmm. And that's where we, that's the synopsis. Yeah. Um, so what made you choose this film? Why are you such a big film of Psycho? Big fan, sorry, of Psycho. Yeah. I, um, I remember the first time I saw it, it it's one of those films you hear a lot about with Alfred Hitchcock. And sometimes you see these films and this underwhelming. Yeah. yeah. But Psycho is just such a... There's so many rug pulls in it as well. Mm. Like, I can imagine at the time, like we know now, the shower scene is so famous mm-hmm. and so parodied. And But that... And the fact that the star is on the poster that is such a rug pull. That, and nothing really happens yeah. in the first... 20 minutes it's almost like a, a noir you could you mm. could see it being a crime thriller and then the shower scene happens and yeah. it is still now it's still shocking i remember when i first saw it and i was in college and all i had was like a shitty laptop and i'd got the dvd from like hmv for like three euro or whatever and stuck it on yeah. had the lights off and it it made me jump and like i was so freaked out by it 
And the fact that a film from the 1960s can still have that sort of effect on, you know, someone who's quite a hardened horror fan anyway. Um, yeah, I, I really love the way that, as you said, it starts off quite noir and we have this uh, uh, almost kind of a, uh, you know, like a, a, a sexual noir, you know, we see Marion Crane in bed with her lover and apparently it was quite scandalous at the time that she was shown in a bed with someone who wasn't her husband with, you know, her her bra showing. Um, yeah, and black then, bra. Yeah, ooh. <laughs> and then um, as she gets to the hotel, um, she is, spoiler alert, I'm sure everyone knows this, but she is murdered halfway through. And it's such a flip because the lens we are given is Marion's and we see every, everything through her. And then all of a sudden it's flipped and we then go on to kind of see Norman's uh you know, he's got to try and hide the body and he's got to try and avoid uh, people finding out. And it's such a strange, even now, it's such a strange flip. Um, so what did you think when you first saw that shower scene and then that flip? Yeah, it's it's, it's shocking. It really is. And that, that like I said, the, the flip in the perspective to Norman. And then I think that's one thing that gets forgotten about Psycho as well, is that, it is a slasher. It is probably one of the first slasher films, yeah. but also that perspective changed to Norman. There's quite an elongated scene afterwards with the cleanup and things. It's yeah. really quite, it's grim and mm. really dark. Yeah. I think it, because of the shower scene is so iconic now and it, it, it's still, a, it's an amazing scene, the mm. way it's shot. And, but it's parodied so often. I think people have an image of what Psycho is. Yeah. That is Probably it's wrong, you know what I mean? Because mm. there is that Norman is quite a sympathetic character from when you sat after the after the murder and he has to clean mm. up and the overbearing mother and things. It, yeah, yeah, it, it, it's surprising people's perception. I think of what Psycho is who haven't seen it would be mm. would would be shocked. Yeah. It's such a different film. Yeah. Um, the shower scene is quite pivotal because it was, it kind of set a new level of gratuitous violence for an American film. And because of this, it was censored quite heavily uh, in countries like here in Ireland. And another little tidbit, which always makes me laugh, is it was the first uh, movie to show a toilet being flushed, which apparently got it censored. Yeah. Or that scene was cut a lot due to censorship. I find that absolutely hilarious. That like it almost yeah. seems like Alfred Hitchcock was doing a big like middle finger to censorship by doing that. <laughs> yeah, and there's I, I don't know if you've seen it, but if you haven't or anyone listening, the the trailer for mm. Psycho is amazing because mm-hmm. Alfred Hitchcock doing a tour of the the motel and he walks into the toilet and he says, well, something terrible happened in there. And, yeah, and it, it is definitely a reference to the fact that it, it's, like I say, a middle finger of the censors because yeah. there's a toilet flushing. Yeah. Which, yeah, like I say, is, considering everything that was going on, it is in crazy that's the first toilet flush. <laughs> but, yeah. But that trailer, if you, get, if you get a chance to see it, is amazing. Yeah. Um, so what do you think about um, the portrayal of Norman 
and this kind of psychosexual relationship he has with his mother. Annie, um, Annie Hopkins, Anthony Perkins is brilliant. Like mm. he is so good. And that's, I think, one thing that it, the, the relationship with his mother is very dark and disturbing. Mm. But even more so when you know the the twist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's one thing that they get wrong in the I don't know if you've seen it, the, the shot for shot remake. Yes, the, the I Gus have Van actually, yeah. And the insertion of one thing mm-hmm. is completely unnecessary. Yeah. And it, it does change Norman's character. That it, him watching Marion play like there's obviously a sexual element to it, mm-hmm. but it's not in your face. Yeah. We just, it's left to us to go, mm-hmm. well, there's something going on there. Yeah. Which is what I mean, Gus Van Sant decided not to do. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's a very, he's very soft and he's very gently spoken and he's not like, so say if we think about the fact that Psycho was the prototype for slashers, if you think about in the 80s, the killers are always like super obvious, you know, they're, let's say they're a lot of the time they're deformed or they have like facial deformities or, you know, they've been in, you know, a sanatorium or something. Whereas Norman is very normal and what actual serial killers are like. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, the only, obviously the, he watches Matt, he, he's a, He's a peeping Tom, essentially, in that moment. Mm-hmm. But you do, because of that element with the overbearing mother, he's obviously going through something. You definitely do can almost sympathise with him, mm-hmm. especially because you don't know exactly what's going on. Yeah. He is a sympathetic character because you do feel sorry for him. You think, well, he's obviously been stuck up there with his mother and whatever's gone on. Mm-hmm. So you do sympathise with him because mm-hmm. he's, yeah... Yeah. And then we find out why. <laughs> so, spoiler alert, we find out that his mom is actually dead and that yeah. he has dug up her body. And uh, he has taken on the characteristics of his mother and enjoys dressing in his dead mother's clothes. Um, and when he kills, he takes on the character of the mother. Um, so, I kind of wanted to. So, Psycho has been said that it's quite controversial due to its portrayal of perhaps the treatment of a trans character and how it's kind of associated it with um, like mental illness. But kind of on my rewatch, I was watching it and I was like, you know, the, the psychologist went once one of the police says, oh, he's a transvestite. And the police psychologist says, no, it's actually like a multiple personality thing. It's got nothing to do with wanting to change your gender. It's literally he's taken on the role of his mother. Um, what do you think about that? And do you think the contra- controversy is warranted? I don't think the controversy is warranted because it is of a period of time, obviously. Mm-hmm. And you don't think that is the... the Norman is not well mm-hmm. in the sense that he's, like I say, he's taken on the, the role of his mother. It's not... Mm-hmm. I don't think there's a comment on that at all. The transvestite comment, I forgot, to be honest, I'd actually forgotten about it until mm-hmm. rewatch. And I watched it and went, oh, I didn't remember yeah. that being in there. But I, yeah. I, I, I don't think the controversy is warranted because I don't think that is the 
not the issue, but it, it's about his mental state and yeah. what's going on with his mother rather than anything else. Mm. And yeah. Yeah, I kind of like, I always kind of associate it with Silence of the Lambs. And in that they are saying, I, I get the impression that they're saying, well, Buffalo Bill's sick because, you know, uh, they want to be a woman and they can't. So they're going to, you know, skin a woman. Whereas here, I think even though the comment by the policeman is very derogatory towards trans people, um, it's the psychologist that kind of says, look, no, it's his personality disorder. Um, you know, he has to dress in those clothes to fully embody his mother. What do you think about the house? For some, it's very much a character all in its own. But what do you think about the infamous Bates house? I mean, the image of the house is it's iconic. I mean, it, it's it, that image of and the, the mother in the window. It's, it's an incredible, it's an incredible looking image yeah. that he's got there. And I mean, yeah, and there's certain shots from within the house, this, the famous stair shot with the mother mm-hmm. and across. It, it's a, yeah, it's a, it, it's an iconic piece of, it's not an iconic landmark. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It, yeah, it looks amazing. Yeah. Um, I'd read somewhere that a lot of people kind of relate it to Norman's psyche, that the three floors in the house kind of, you know, the top floor represents he, his mother and how she kind of uh, controls his ego. The ground floor is where he kind of puts on a mask for everyone else and he's normal Norman. And then the basement is where all his secrets come out. Did you kind of get that or is that me reading far too much into it? No, that's not that. No, that's not, <laughs> I'll be honest, it's not something I had thought, but I mean, it makes sense because it, that is a Hitchcock thing to do. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, he he, he, he definitely uses things. Um, so for a real window, there's, there's no, it's not no accident the way the layout of the, the, the apartments are. Yeah. So it would be absolutely makes sense that, because he, yeah, he does use the levels of the, throughout the film. So, yeah, I don't think, I, I it's not something I thought of, but it makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> you need to rewatch it now just to see. <laughs> yeah, I have to rewatch it again now, aren't I? Never mind. I don't mind. <laughs> um, so what do you think of the kind of continuous uh motifs of birds in the film? Do you think Hitchcock had a bit of a thing about birds? Yeah, def well obviously yeah, because obviously with the birds, <laughs> um he made the birds, but there's definitely yeah, because there's the, the monologue with the pecking, you eat like a bird. Yeah, and yeah, there's definitely he has a fat like Hitchcock is a complex character, and yeah, obviously, we know a problematic character, yeah, because of what we know now with regards to his treatment of women on set and yeah, his lead actresses because he obviously had an affiliation towards a particular <laughs> a blonde woman, yeah. and yeah, so but yeah, I mean, he's he's a complex man. Um, yeah, problematic, but I'm not sure. I, I couldn't tell you what the the motif of birds is used a lot in quite a lot of his films. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what I have read is that symbolism of birds in films means people that think they are above fate. Um, mm-hmm. Now, whether you can kind of 
relate that back to Norman? I don't know, but I kind of get the feeling that the birds symbolize a certain voyeurism, that especially like the taxidermied birds are like watching them as they're eating. And then obviously this kind of symbolizes Norman watching Marion. And he is quite bird-like. If you look at him, like the way he looks, he's quite, to me, he seems quite bird-like. Yeah, no, yeah, he definitely, yeah. And I mean, he's, yeah, he is bird. I don't know how, he, how to explain without you mm. seeing him, but there's yeah. definitely, there's movements to him. Mm. And yeah, even now we've said even the way he, peeps yeah to the the people there is definitely he is definitely birdling yeah so yeah and it, the, the whole taxidermy element is something that's um well i'm sure it's there because it's quite a creepy hobby yeah if you know it, it's, it's there to make him that edge but yeah. yeah the whole monologue about the birds is yeah i've never thought he is birdlike yeah and i guess the taxidermy thing is kind of a foreshadowing of what is the twist basically? Yeah. Um, so yeah. would you recommend um Psycho to horror fans? Yeah, absolutely. Because I mean, like we've said, it is it, it is almost like a proto slasher, mm. and it's definitely influenced on things. The the twist is yeah, the twist still works, although because we although we've all we all know the twists now and we all know the shower scene, I think. If you see in the context of the film, it still shocks and it still works. Yeah. And also, even you could definitely see it, if you're a horror fan, you could definitely see its influences in other films, even Scream. Mm. That idea that using the main, you know, Drew Barrymore being on the poster, no spoilers yeah. for Scream, yeah. but <laughs> Drew Barrymore being on the poster, and then right, yeah. he's gone. And that's exactly what Hitchcock did with Psycho because he yeah. used, she was the star. And then so yeah, I, I would absolutely say it's a it's one for if you haven't seen it as a horror fan, it's absolutely worth it because it's so influential. Yeah, I'd go on to say that it's Hitchcock's greatest film. Um, I I, I don't right. yeah yeah I don't rate him as a director because of the way he behaved, but it is such a pivotal film in the way it depicted violence and. Um, like psychosexual violence and just the influence it has had on the slasher genre, as we said. Um, and I think, yeah, it's just important to know where everything came from. Even, you know, the way the knife is showed is shown in the shower scene. Like you've seen that same shot in so many slasher films of the weapon being held aloft and then come down. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. The mm. Again, yeah, that that shower scene is hugely influential because we've seen it so many times now. Even yeah. this, I mean, obviously nudity is used more now, but even yeah. those just that flashes of nudity, the, the knife, and yeah, I mean, it it is incredibly. You can see its its fingerprints on a lot of films now. Yeah, yeah it's my favorite Hitchcock. <laughs> Um, so let's move on to my choice of film, uh, which, again, is from 1960. Uh, but this time it's an Italian film. So I chose 1960's Black Sunday, which is, as I said, an Italian Gothic horror directed by Mario Bava in what is kind of thought of as his official directorial 
debut. Now, Mario Bava's more kind of known for his giallo, um, but not many people know he started off in gothic horror. Uh, so it begins in the 1600s and a vampiric witch and her manservant are sentenced to death by her own brother. Um, she vows revenge on her brother's descendants. Um, and then two centuries later, two doctors are traveling traveling through Moldavia and their carriage breaks. And while they're waiting for it to get fixed, they discover this witch's tomb. And after accidentally cutting himself, one of the doctors accidentally awakes Aja, the witch, um, and she decides she's going to wreak havoc on her brother's descendants where uh, this other young woman, Katya, who is her pretty much her twin, played by the same actress, Barbara Steele, um, she wants to basically suck the life out of Katya so she can be reborn. Um, yeah, what did you think of Black Sunday? Yeah, I had never seen it because um, I'm not a huge... Jallo is one of my blind spots. Okay. So I had not seen this because I assumed it was in the same... It's just one of my blind spots. I don't yeah. know why. It was only recently I started watching a few. So mm-hmm. I avoided it. But, yeah, so it was not a film I knew a lot about. And I really liked it. Okay. I, it because I think I was expecting it to be Jallo because of yeah. the Bava name. Yeah. And then when it was... Yeah, I, I really liked it. But it was, yeah, I've only, I saw you watch it for the first time this week because yeah. you choosing it. Yeah, I am a big fan of Jello, but I had, I actually hadn't seen this until recently because I'm really, I'm not that big into gothic horror and I'm not really big into hammer horror, which you can see a lot of influences on. And this was basically why this film was made because uh, one of the Italian film production places were like, oh, we want a gothic horror to kind of, um, you know, join in on Hammer Horror success, basically. So it was, I was always kind of like, meh, really not into like flowing corsets and all this kind of shite. Um, I like its level of violence in the beginning. So let's talk about the beginning scene. That mask is terrifying. (laughs) Yeah, I was genuinely shocked by that. Yeah. Because I, as soon as I, because obviously before I watched it, I, I read a little, a little bit. So I thought I'll see what, see what the score is, and <laughs> yeah. So I kind of already got a, the gothic horror thing. I thought, ah, mm-hmm. uh, okay, like yeah. say corsets, horse and yeah. carriages, and yeah. Like, yeah. But that when that mask came out, it's genuinely shocking and yeah. horrible. Yeah. I mean, the fact that it's got these, like, massive spikes on the inside of this mask, and then the executioner gets this massive mallet and, like, slaps it onto her face, and it's just like, oh, holy shit. And just that image of Barbara Steele with all the holes in her face after when she's been resurrected. Before I'd even seen this film, I knew that image, and it haunts me. Like, that image is so striking, and it just haunts me. Yeah, because I... I even I knew that image, but mm. I didn't know it was this film. Do you know what I mean? I think yeah. it's an image I've seen obviously reading yeah. reading horror magazines or um, yeah. watching documentaries and things. It's an image I'd seen quite a lot, but I hadn't connected to this film. So yeah, that like you said, that the mask going on is horrible, mm. but with 
the when the mallet came out. Oh yeah. My, yeah. Yeah, and I guess it is quite shocking because like we'd we kind of be more used to like an American 1960s film, whereas this was Italian and they didn't have anything called the Hayes Code. Uh, and as the development of Jallo came from, they were allowed to, you know, go as violent and as shocking as they wanted. So you can definitely see the groundwork being laid for the level of violence and sexuality uh, that the Jallo genre would then go on to portray. My assumption of gothic horror, like you say, is always hammer. I always think of yeah. really campy, over the top, and, you know, overblown big fangs. The, the yeah. real. So I was quite shocked. My expectation of what the film was, I was shocked by certain things in it. And yeah. Yeah, it wasn't what I expected at all. Yeah. I, I did read as well, there's different versions available. So I did have to do some digging because I got a bit. Because, yeah, but I, felt, I think I watched the, the correct version. But, yeah, I was, I was quite shocked by some of it, which yeah. surprised me. Definitely. Um, so what do you think of the marriage of, like, vampire and occultism in this film? Did it make for a good combination or not, in your opinion? Yeah, I think so. so I, again, I didn't... I tried not to read the plot summary. What I did was just read what the film was. Mm-hmm. And I was I was surprised at the, 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 by the vampire element. Mm. As soon as the, the, the shooting of the bat, I thought, oh, we're going to have vampires as well, yeah. as well as the occult. And I think, yeah, I mean, I, I, again, with this film, you could definitely see the influence on what's to come. With mm. There's definite things in this from vampire films like Bram Stoker's Dracula and things. You can definitely see elements of that vampire, the gothic yeah. look and the... Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I think it married quite well. And it's not something you... you I, yeah, it's not something you see a lot of. Um, the, the mixing of them both yeah yeah I was quite surprised because I I had only heard about it through like witches through you know a history of witches in horror Black yeah. Sunday is this massive witches film blah 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 and then when I sat down to watch it and it was like vampires I was just like oh, oh okay this is a vampire film um, sometimes I think the vampirism was a bit of an afterthought it was kind of like oh, oh shit she's a vampire quick suck some blood um <laughs> But generally, I, I did kind yeah. of like it. Yeah, so again, like uh, like you said, with the um, they were looking for a hammer, the hammer horror kind of thing, and Dracula is such an embedded thing with the hammer horror thing. Like, we're yeah. just maybe with the, the vampire was brought into it to yeah. appease a certain crowd who were, yeah. that was their thing. Yeah, so definitely. yeah. Maybe an, an afterthought, but I liked it. I, yeah. But I like a vampire film, so. <laughs> um. So what do you think is Black Sunday's influence and legacy in horror, if any? Yeah. I'm, no, they definitely, like I said, they, you can see uh, with the gothic horror thing, it there's definitely like Coppola's um, uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula, mm. you can, that gothic and look is yeah. definitely there and you and that you say the, the image it just goes to show it's an image i didn't even know was from the film right seen it yeah. so many times yeah. so there's it, it obviously has influenced a lot of people yeah um apparently it influenced tim burton quite a lot which is kind of funny and i guess you could see that in sleepy hollow 
I suppose actually when you think now you've said that with the look of the yeah, definitely Sleepy Hollow, but also the look of that the the castle and the yeah. the, the general look of them. Mm. Um, you can yeah, I I can see that now you've said it, but definitely Sleepy Hollow. That that yeah. horse drawn the horse drawn carriage when they pick yeah. the doctor up is really sleepy hollow. Yeah. It definitely brought a more serious side to gothic horror rather than, as you said, like the campy hammer horror that's just a bit of a laugh. Well, I find it a bit of a laugh anyway. I'm not really that big a fan. But it it brought a new kind of let's take gothic horror a little bit more seriously. And, you know, it has a few more serious themes in it, such as perhaps intergenerational trauma, um, the fact that the past can come back to bite you in the arse if you don't kind of face it. Um, so yeah, I kind of, I, I kind of do see a lot of uh, influence in well, what we count as modern day gothic horror. Yeah, because I mean, the maybe keeps in the campiness, but like, there's none of that in this. Yeah, it, there's of course it's it it is of a time when it's it is gothic horror, but mm. it, there's no there's none of that where you find with it's not my thing either hammer or i enjoy it in the sense that i think it's like you said it's quite funny yeah. i enjoy his camp i said because i i am a big fan of like the league of gentlemen and things and they, they yeah. they've taken that that the hammer thing and run yeah. with it but in the sense of as a horror no yeah so they've definitely taken this is a this is a serious film mm. they, they, there's no there's no wink into the the hammer wink to the camera. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Is it an absolute? It they they're taking gothic horror seriously. Yeah. So you, you could see that influence. Then is definitely coming through. Yeah. Um. So would you recommend Black Sunday to horror fans? Yeah, I think so. It's I, I, I it wouldn't be something I would necessarily have chosen because, like I said, mm-hmm. I'm not a huge fan of that, and I don't really know Jalop. And after watching it. I definitely would because again, same with Psycho. There's, you can see its fingerprints on other things, and yeah. that changing from Hammer to we're moving, we're moving into horror being more serious. Yeah. Whereas there's definitely Hammer horror, the Dracula's, it, it, it that's late fifties into sixties is definitely mm. jokey and almost a bit of a, a bit of a laugh. Well, yeah. there's definitely seriousness coming through, and I think you can definitely see that in Black Sunday, where it's it is taking itself seriously and it is it, it's dark. I mean, like you yeah. said, that that uh, the initial the the mask and things is is shocking. Yeah, that's pretty horrible. You, the violence is definitely getting more extreme. Yeah, yeah I would I definitely, definitely would recommend it. Yeah, I would recommend it to people that want the gothicness, but don't want the the kind of silliness of hammer yeah. i know I'm, I'm gonna get crucified for saying it's silly but like i don't care um so out, out of the two films if someone came to you and was like i want a defining 1960s horror film which one would you recommend i think for me bias is my choice but i would go psycho yeah. just purely because of that the you discussed the the slasher and absolutely the violence in it is you could see that change in horror becoming more serious. Yeah. And 
the twist. I mean, it, it, it's an old twist. We all know now. Yeah. But it's never really been, it's been copied, but it's, I don't think it's been bettered because yeah. even knowing the twist, the, the reveal is, you are taken aback by it. Yeah. And it's got one of, one of the most incredible final shots. Yeah. Which as they've tried to, it, it's been emulated quite a lot, but again, I don't think it's better. That final shot is, is really special. Yeah, I, I'm I'm gonna agree with you because I do think it was more of a pivotal film for how the 1960s was going to change culturally, uh, cinematically. Um, so I definitely would say Psycho as well. Um, and plus, it kind of plays it, it's influenced by one of my favorite serial killer stories, that of Ed Gein. So I'm gonna go with that. um so before we go i always ask my guests uh what is your favorite horror film the shining okay i love the shining yeah Yeah. it's i always i'm always a bit because it's such a i I do love horror but i do always come back to the shining yeah um just is so good and still even now when i watch it and i've got the pattern everywhere i've got the pattern on yeah. my phone the pattern on a cushion because <laughs> it but yeah even when i watch it re-watch i do re-watch it quite a lot it's one of those if it's on i'm watching it or yeah. like that to upgrade to the 4k because i yeah, just love yeah. it and even now there is still it still gets under my skin it's yeah. such a creepy film yeah <laughs> It's so funny how, like, even the pattern of a carpet can become iconic. Like, it's such a yeah. weird thing in the film, but absolutely, and it's be, it's it's become a bit of a running joke with my family because I either get something to do with Jurassic Park, that's my other favorite yeah. film, or I'll get something with a shining pattern on it, and it is getting a bit silly. <laughs> like the face mask, I've got the, but yeah, it, it's so iconic. And again, there's obviously. There's problematic elements that we know yeah. about what happened on set, but the, if you just take the film as itself, it, the atmosphere, everything is really creepy. And if anyone would like to find you on social media, where can they do so? Yeah, just mainly um, Twitter at Will Chich. That's mainly what I use. So that was my chat there with Will about films from the 1960s, and we deep dived into Psycho, directed by. Alfred Hitchcock, as well as Black Sunday, directed by the Italian Mario Bava, both from 1960. So what did you think of this week's episode? What do you think of this decade in horror? Um, It was a decade of great change. And is it your favourite decade of horror? Mine personally is the 1970s. Um, It's where we see a lot of uh, demonic horror start to happen. Um, so let us know what you think don't forget to rate and review and subscribe on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on get in touch with us on our Facebook or Instagram at what a screen podcast or you can catch me over on Twitter which is probably where I'm most kind of active uh, at what underscore scream and don't forget about our um, our mini series mini series no it's like a, a sub series I guess movies murder mayhem the most recent episode literally just was released this weekend and I talk about um, the band Mayhem 
Euronymous and the black metal underground scene in Norway. So that podcast is all about the true crime, the true horror and the true stories behind some of our favourite horror films. So don't forget to check that out. Now next week is all about the terror from the deep and my special guest is Kat Hughes and together we are going to be chatting about horror from under the water, a place that we probably know less of than even outer space. So yes, tune in next week to find out which films we are going to be talking about and don't forget to stay horrific. Goodbye.